All right. Can I get my next slide? We'll try to do this quickly. Um, but I think we've already been encouraged in the gospel. So, you know, if we, what we've been doing in Lagos, obviously we've been studying the book of Romans. We're studying the gospel. Um, but in Ephesians chapter 2, we also see, you know, where, how does that tie in to our gospel identity, our gospel calling, right? And what God has done is through the gospel, he's drastically changed the direction and the identity of our lives, right? We've gone from being strangers and aliens those who are outside of God's blessing, those who are outside of his promise to now becoming citizens of his kingdom, right? Members of his household, right? Formerly, we were objects of his wrath, carrying out the desires and the passions of our flesh. And now in Christ, we've received mercy and we've received grace with every spiritual blessing in our heavenly places available to us. And now he's given us this higher calling, this greater calling, which is to reflect and to represent and to live for the God who rescued us from our sins. And God's calling is that we would do this not just individually, but we would do this together as one body, as members of his church. And Christ is obviously our head. He is the cornerstone. He sets the direction. He sets the lead, right, for our lives. And we are part of his work as the church, right? And this is the sort of the big picture and we start here because we need to remind ourselves of this on a regular basis. It's easy for us to forget when we're busy in our lives, with our lives, with kids and work and different challenges that we face, that this is ultimately what we're called to. This is ultimately what we're part of, his work in our lives. But what does this have to do with shepherding our homes? Right? Some of you are here because you signed up to participate in the parent-child dedication that we're going to be doing in a couple weeks. Others of you are here because... You're part of Cornerstone. And I want us to see that shepherding our home is not disconnected from our gospel identity and calling. Right? In fact, it flows out of it. And we often think of our families as sort of separate units, right? We're over here, one family, one family over here, over here. And then we come together once a week for church. And then we go back to living our individual lives during the rest of the week. But I want to suggest to you that a more gospel perspective is that we're one family in Christ. We are the household of God. And we're sent out during the week to our respective places of ministry, whether that's our home, whether that's our places of work, whether that's our school. And so the gospel really needs to color the way we view these things, our lives, and how we're called even to shepherd our homes. And so Parents, do we see our connection to Christ and by extension our connection to his church as necessary to help us shepherd, right, the Aries and the Mias and the Liams in our lives? In church, do we see the role that we play to make the gospel visible to the little ones who are in our presence and to encourage and come alongside and support our parents? Right, can I get my next slide? Right, this is a review from last week, but, you know, we considered this big idea that Christ calls us to shepherd our home and the household of God with the gospel through the sufficiency and the power of the cross. Right, the gospel is what's both necessary and sufficient to shepherd our homes and our church. It's not only what we shepherd with, it's also what empowers us, right? And God has granted to us all things pertaining 
to life and godliness, and that includes the shepherding of our home and our church. And he has promised that having all sufficiency at all times, with all things, right, we will abound in every good work. But then, why does our experience seem otherwise at times? Have you ever felt that the gospel is inadequate for our shepherding? Our wives are discouraged. Our kids are constantly fighting, or at least mine are. Or members of your discipleship group seem stuck spiritually. In those times that we feel that the gospel is inadequate for shepherding our home, we have to ask ourselves, is it a true need or is it a desire? It could even be a good desire like wanting our wives' respect or wanting our children's obedience or getting them to practice piano. But it is still a desire nonetheless. And the gospel was not meant to satisfy our personal desires, but to meet our true needs in Christ. Well, there are other times when we feel that the gospel is inadequate, that it's not working for the shepherding of our home or our discipleship group. It's because we might need to wait on the Lord. God never promised us immediate fruit in our shepherding. And let me ask how many of you quickly change when things are brought to our attention, right? Yet we expect members of our family and members of our discipleship group to change right away. And we're often driven by results and not by faithfulness as the Lord calls us to. Men, you know, are we being faithful to labor in prayer for our wives, for our children, for those in our groups? You know, we are called to speak the truth in love. And we are to sometimes bring things to our, our wives' attention or our kids' attention that they need to hear. But we are also called to shepherd them through prayer. And you think of Christ sort of as our example in that and how, he, how often he prayed for his disciples and, and those whom he ministered to, even in the mid-busyness of a packed ministry schedule. So prayer is one of the most vital, but also most neglected aspects of shepherding. And over the next few cornerstones, we're going to consider different aspects that are involved in gospel shepherding, and they correspond to our fundamental human needs. And as our good shepherd, the Lord, through the gospel, has provided for each of these needs in our lives. And it begins with knowing our wives, our children, the members of this church, including those in our discipleship group. Uh, but it also involves leading them, providing for them, and protecting them. And this morning, we're just going to touch upon the first of these, if I can have my first slide. John 10, 14 through 15. It's a very familiar verse to us. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Right, this knowledge speaks to a dynamic relationship with where Christ as our good shepherd knows us and has revealed himself to us so that we might know him. And as we model our shepherding of the people in our home and our church after Christ, we need to be continually growing in our knowledge of the sheep. Timothy Whitmer in his book, Shepherd Leader at Home, makes the point that no relationship is static. You are either committed to growing closer or you are drifting apart. There are only two directions 
that each relationship can be going either closer to one another or away from one another. And this is true of our marriage, of our parent-child relationship, of the unity of the elder board, of the relationships within our discipleship group and with the larger body of Christ. And just to give you an example, with each of my own four boys, as they get older, they're growing, they're developing, they're changing, and what they fear, what they desire, how they're framed, their strengths, their weaknesses, their struggles, their concerns, they're changing as well. And in order for me to fulfill the other aspects of shepherding, to lead them, to provide for them, protect them in the way Christ calls me to, I need to first be growing in my knowledge of them. And the same is true for Becky. I need to be committed and proactive in growing in my knowledge and my unity with her. You know, I'm to do this while resting in the promise that while I'm not so omniscient, Christ knows her perfectly and is the one who is ultimately shepherding her in love. When I think of shepherding and member care in the local church, one of the verses that comes to mind is 1 Thessalonians 5.14, right? It's up there for you. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. And what is the Apostle Paul saying here? Well, at first glance, it seems as if we need to come up with all these different solutions to meet the various needs of every person in the church, those who are idle or unruly, those who are faint-hearted, those who are weak, and we can sit here and come up with more categories. But that's not what he's saying. The gospel is sufficient, and we are always called to shepherd one another with the gospel. That never changes. But what form it takes depends on the spiritual condition of the individual. Are they idle? or unruly? Are they faint-hearted, or are they weak? Do they need to be admonished in the gospel, encouraged in the gospel, or helped in the gospel? And God has shown us in his word how we are to grow in knowledge of those whom we shepherd, both in a home and in the household of God, through gospel presence, through gospel partnership or uh, participation, and through gospel communication. And we'll quickly cover each of these. If I can have my next slide. Shepherding our home through gospel presence. If we were to start at the very beginning, God's presence was with Adam and Eve in the garden. He didn't just create man and woman and stand far off at a distance. There was to be an ongoing and dependent relationship, and this was part of God's eternal plan. The need for shepherding did not come with the fall. It was not an afterthought once sin entered into the world. And obviously sin deeply affected our relationship with him, but God's presence with his people continued throughout the Old Testament. God established the tabernacle in the wilderness as the place where he could be in the midst of his people. He established the sacrificial system as a means whereby the Israelites could come into his holy presence. After entering the promised land, the temple was eventually constructed in Jerusalem as a reminder that God is not absent or far away, but right there with his people. When we come to the New Testament, Christ, as the living word, took on flesh and dwelt among us. Not only is Christ the good shepherd who knows his sheep, he's also Emmanuel, God with us. On the way to the cross, Christ, knowing our need to be shepherded, 
did not leave us as orphans. We promised the Holy Spirit to reside in us. John 14, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you until you're old enough to be on your own. No, he says to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. From beginning to end, God is present with his people. What does this mean for us? Very simply, if we are to model the shepherding of our home and the household of God after his, and if our shepherding is to be characterized by the gospel, we need to be actively present both in our home and at church. Men, we need to prioritize our time with our wives over our kids. And I know life is busy. There are many things that compete for our time and our attention. And sometimes we just need to be creative. It's never convenient. And at the end of a busy work week, it's easier to sit on a couch, watch TV or Netflix, be on our iPhones or our tablets, than to take the time to ask our wives how they're doing and how we can be praying for them. Satan, the world, and our flesh wages war against us, but in the end, we have to fight for what matters. It's not about quantity, but also the quality of our time. You know, we want to give our wives and our children our best. And I know it's a real challenge when we're physically tired and mentally exhausted. But our hope is that as we are faithful to this calling, not only will we grow in knowing them, but they would grow in knowing us. And by the grace of God, we might have a godly influence on their lives. The singles, one of the ways that you can help here is by pairing up and offering to watch the kids for the moms and dads in your discipleship group specifically for this purpose. And to do it without any expectation of hanging out afterwards or being served a meal. Even if you're not married or have no kids, how are you practicing this principle of gospel presence with your roommates and members of your discipleship group. Right? Gospel presence is not just hanging out and having fun, though. There is an appropriate time and place for that. But as Christ did, it's about condescending ourselves to know and to serve others without any expectation of personal gain or benefit. So do you spend the time to ask and learn how you can be praying for one another and then actually pray for them. You know, one additional thought here is that one of the primary contexts in which we grow in knowing our family is the local church, especially as we come under his word and allow it to shine into our lives. And sometimes we view the church as competing for our time with the family, but that stems from a wrong view of the church. As much as we belong to our physical family, we belong to this spiritual family. And that's not only here in First Ephesians 2, but all throughout the New Testament. So while we should be taking our families on trips and vacations and do things outside of church, we ought to remember where our identity and our calling ultimately lie. Can I get my next slide? Aside from gospel presence, there's also gospel partnership or participation. And we see this in Genesis 1 and 2. 
right? From the beginning, God gave Adam and Eve work to do together, where they were not only tasked with taking care of the garden, but given the mandate to fill the earth and have dominion over God's creation. God's design for gospel partnership and service occurred even before the fall. And as we partner with our wives and allow our children to participate with us, and as we serve alongside members of our congregation, it helps us to grow in our knowledge and unity with one another. For many of us, our propensity is to do what's most efficient or pragmatic, right? We sort of divide and conquer, or we sort of stay in our own lanes. For example, she takes care of the home, right? I take care of the finance. But God's calling for the husband and the wife is to pursue unity in all matters of life, even if it's less efficient or effective. Now, that doesn't mean we have to do everything together, whether it's to brush our teeth together, to throw out the trash together. But husbands, we are to be leading in the home and partnering with our wives, just as we are providing for the family by working outside the home. And just as a good place to start, we need to stop and ask and listen to our wives, especially if you have children, since they often know them better than we do, rather than making unilateral decisions for the family on our own. Wise, you can help us as husbands as well because we often fail in this area. And if we come to you this week and ask, hey, can we spend time with you praying, being the word? Please don't be weirded out. You know, please be gracious. Um, and please don't push them away, right? Let's, let's pursue unity in this. And again, I, I'm gonna reiterate this because it's often what's, what's most neglected. Right? That one of the most practical ways that we can be leading, that we can be partnering, that we can be pursuing unity with one another so that we might grow in mutual knowledge is through praying together and to do that on a regular basis. The singles, I've never seen a case where there were those who were not serving before they got married or had kids to all of a sudden start serving after they get married or have kids, right? Parents, is it easier or harder once you have kids? It's much harder, right? Why? No time, no sleep, no money. Let's go there. Someone's constantly, mom, dad, they're fighting, they're grabbing your pants, right? First Corinthians seven, right? And they're, we know that, that there are challenges, you know, and there are good challenges that come, right? Once you have little ones and we sort of have to grow eyes in the back of our heads to know where they are constantly at all times. But service in the church is a calling for every believer, whether you're single, you're married, with or without kids. And we are to exercise and steward the spiritual gifts that he has blessed us with for the edification of the church. And it may look different at different stages of your life, but we are always called to gospel partnership and gospel service. So singles, you may not be married, you may not have kids, but even now, how do you apply this principle of gospel partnership and participation in the local church? Can I get my last, not my second to last slide? Thirdly, gospel communication, right? I won't spend as much time on this. We've covered this in the past. Last year in Cornerstone, biblical communication, conflict resolution. 
by just simply to state that the gospel communication is a means by which we can grow in knowledge and pursuing unity with one another. Again, Christ is our preeminent example who was full of grace and truth. And according to Ephesians 4, we're called to speak the truth in love, but also only what is good for edification or building up, only what fits the occasion so that it would give grace to those who hear. Again, these commands come in the context of growing in our gospel unity as members of one body in Christ by putting off and by putting on. Can I get my last slide? So how does this all connect to parent-child dedication, right? Some of you are here for that, others of you for other reasons, but just sort of to connect the dots, right? In a couple weeks, we'll have our long overdue parent-child dedication. I think 11 families or so have signed up to participate, but parent-child dedication is not infant baptism. It does not confer special grace upon the little ones. It is ultimately a commissioning of the parents to shepherd their children in the Lord and the commitment of the church to come alongside parents by providing encouragement, equipping, support, and prayer. It's everything, all these principles that we talked about. Right? Parents, this is not so much about dedicating our child or children, as cute as they are, but it's about dedicating ourselves to the gospel calling to shepherd our children to know the Lord. Right? Ultimately, he's the one who saves them but we play an active role in their lives by proclaiming and living out the gospel. Church, God has called these parents to be the primary disciples for their children, but God has called us to play an active and supportive role as well for the church to be the gospel made visible to them. And this happens in the life of the church through gospel interactions, through gospel prayer, through gospel love and care, for even the least amongst us. And just as individual Christians, we cannot fulfill God's calling on our own. Instead, he's called us to be members of his body, one of another. In the same way, individual families cannot adequately display the gospel. We need the church to be the gospel made visible to our children. And so that is hopefully what we will be celebrating and participating in a couple weeks. This is hopefully your desire our calling, and so let's pursue this together, understanding that Christ calls us right, to shepherd our home and our church with the gospel through the sufficiency and power of the cross. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to consider your word and your calling for our lives. We thank you that all of this is your grace, all of this is your love, and all of this is your mercy for those who do not deserve it. Lord, what a privilege it is to belong to your household, to be members one another, one of another, and to consider, Lord, this higher calling that you have called us to. It's not a calling that we came up with. It's not a calling that we figured out on our own. It's what you revealed to us in your perfect word, and you've supplied every grace that we need that we might be able to walk in it. Lord, help us as a church to do this together. Help us as parents to live out our calling. And for the, to do so hand in hand with the church, to understand that we are part of this bigger body so that at the end of the day, Christ would receive all the glory. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.